What's up, guys? My name is Paul Park, and I'm the lead pastor for a new church plant called Free Life Community Church. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Planting Free Life. Uh, before we get started, can you guys do me a huge favor and hit that like button and subscribe if you're on YouTube? And if you're on Spotify or any major podcast platforms, just leave a comment uh, and also subscribe um, so we can know uh, what you're thinking and just sharing with us. And maybe you're praying for us. And we will also love to hear some prayer requests. Yeah, so welcome back to another episode. Uh, I took a little bit of break because of Holy Week. So the time that we're shooting this um it's a week after Easter, and so it was just awesome to see so many people, so many churches, so many of my friends uh, celebrating Easter wherever they were online. And I saw some in-person services as well. Um, for me, I was helping out my buddy. Um, he's also a church planter in Long Beach, so helped him out. Um, and yeah, and so it was a good time just all around. And so for this episode, I wanted to just do a brief little um just, just a brief little episode on the five things that I've learned so far or five things that I experienced, I guess, um, as a new church planter up to this journey. And so for some of you guys know that we are trying to plant uh, God's church in the city of Westminster this coming um, spring. And so the launch date will be released soon. So wait for that if you are listening to this episode at the time of the recording, which is April already. Wow. Um, it's almost the middle of the year of 2021. That is crazy. Um, and so thank you guys for just all your support and prayers. So, so again, so these are just the five things that I've learned so far during my journey as a church planter. Uh, we've been kind of prepping prepping for, I think I would say maybe a year and a half. The original launch date was um, 2021, um, being launched out from our sending church, Light and Life Christian Fellowship in Long Beach uh, under Larry Wackemeyer and his team, um, his wife, Deb Wackemeyer, and Sean Fenner and Joelle Silva, those wonderful uh, team pastoral group that has just been loving our team and supporting our family on this church plan. So it's awesome. So go check them out as well. Um, if you guys are also curious about just what we're doing and you just want to see visually what we're doing and you're more of a social media person, go to at freelife.cc. You will see us there, what you're doing. You can also click on the link and you can also um, see where you can also maybe support or journey with us as well uh, and continue to pray for us. Uh, we are trying to plant a, uh, a multicultural, multi-ethnic, even a multilingual church. Maybe we'll talk about that in a later episode. Uh, that as the vision that God has given me and my family and my team to plant God's church. And our mission is very simple, uh, to make all nations, tribes, and tongues followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, that is our mission, and we're trying to do that through love and through open space and through continuing to teach biblical truth and to honor and to experience different types of Christian expressions from tradition and culture and languages, uh, but keeping uh, gospel at the center of everything. So that's how we're trying to do it. So thank you guys for just joining me on this uh this episode so here are the five things real quick that i've learned so far and this is not like best to worst but this is i think a more of a priority for me as i continue to journey um of of being a church planter so number one number one um prayer and fasting prayer and fasting and i'm going to confess right now um 
I, 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 this is not a discipline that I practice often. Uh, maybe fasting, I should do a little bit more, but this is not a discipline that I, that I practice. And I think as, as many Christians or majority of Christians, uh, the reasons why I prayed was maybe to ask or to thank God if something crazy happened to me good or to lament or to cry out to God if something wasn't really going too well. Um, but I think, um, I, I took a different turn when it came to church planting because I I think for me at this time, I needed strength. I needed spiritual strength. I needed emotional strength. I needed um, just uh, physical strength as well. So my prayer and fasting took uh, a little bit more intentionality from me where prayer started with just me being connected to God connecting to God and continuing before I ask anything from anybody or before I go to any meeting, before I go to any network or before uh, I take uh, whatever or, or strategize or plan or even have staff meetings. First thing I do is pray to God and not to ask anything necessarily, but to continue to uh, allow God to fill me, allow God to, 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 to lead me through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to preach, but um, I think it's very important for us to be very um, intentional about how we should connect with God. Uh, if we're in a rhythm of just asking or seasonal prayer, I think we're missing the beauty of what it means to connect to God in every single day situation, every single day life. I think that's what God wants from us. I think I read somewhere, um, no, not somewhere, in Genesis where God um, wanted a relationship with his son Adam and to continue to have relationship and walk with him in the coolness of the day, right? We uh, we hear that, that type of language in the Bible. So I think for me, um, just being able to have a conversation with God, getting to know my father more and more, getting to know his heart of what he wants uh, for me in my life. And obviously fasting the spirit, the physical and the emotional aspect of just emptying oneself to allow the Holy Spirit to be filled. I think as a church planter, we get so caught up with so many crazy things that if we don't take time to pray and fast before we do anything. I think we're just going to consume ourselves uh, with things that uh, could be of God or not of God, but we just won't even know it because we're not connected to them. Um, and so it's very important for me for to fast and to allow God to lead through this moment rather than me leading through this moment or rather than my team leading or rather than allowing uh, a meeting to take over or allowing even like fundraisers to take over, a donor to take over, allow God to take over so I can just be under um uh, under the command of God's will. Uh, that gives me freedom uh, because then I don't have to think about uh, other things or I don't, or or it doesn't give room for the enemy to attack me. So that's number one, prayer and fasting. Number two, know your calling, my friends. Know your calling. I think so many times as a leader, uh, whether you're a pastor or not, as a leader, uh, sometimes we think that we have... Um, the gifts or certain abilities that God has given us, but maybe those gifts and talents is not of God. It's just of what we've just produced over the years and what we've just been good at. I think somewhere I heard, um, it was pastor, uh, somewhere that I had a conference that he said that we can perfect ministry. 
we can perfect ministry, but is that of God? Uh, we wouldn't know until we really sit down. This is where prayer and fasting comes in. Really sit down and know uh, where God wants to lead us. So know your calling. And if you are leading right now and you feel the calling as a church planter, uh, get down in prayer and ask God, discern and, and continue to fast and take a couple of days to kind of really uh, flesh out uh, if this is what God is telling you, if this is what God is leading you to do, or this is something that maybe is coming out of frustration or for or anger. Um, and I think so many times, even for my life, uh, as I go through ministry, uh, I can be uh, subject or I can, uh, confessing to, to maybe doing or starting a ministry out of uh, anger or out of uh, why didn't we do it this way? I can do it better. And so uh, a lot of the times, uh, rather than church planting, or we call maybe church splits or division, church planting. So we have to be very careful of what your calling is. God gives people calling, individuals calling, gifts and talents um, the way God wants to give it to them. So you have to know your calling. Um, and I think one of the characteristics, uh, there's several characters of a church planter, but I think the top three characteristics for me of knowing calling is, uh, do you love people? Uh, and I'm not saying just to be with people. I'm not saying like, do you just like to hang out? But do you really have the heart for God, for, for, for the people of God to know the gospel if they don't know it already? Um, to, and, and to bring, and to bring them this message that gives them hope for them to go chasing after Jesus again. Um, I think. And I tell this to a lot of a lot of my uh, friends. If I wasn't trying to plant a church, I would love to be children's pastor. Because when you hear children say like "Jesus is my Lord" uh, out of their mouth or out of their, they might not understand what it means, but still coming out of their mouth, "Jesus is my Lord" or "I want to be saved." I think that's probably the best news a pastor can ever hear. Um, and obviously, anybody that says "I want to be saved" or "I want to get baptized" or "I want to know more about the Bible," that gives me joy. That 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 drives me because that uh, because I get to see God's hand on people um, and the love that they're going to experience because of this community that they want to belong to and surrender to, which is the community, the body of Christ. And so, um, so that's number one. You got to love the people. Number two, uh, do you know the mission, vision, and value of what God wants you to plant? This is very important. And there's so many different types of, of definition, but I think they can, can be all similar. And so this is my definition of mission is what we're trying to do. And so for Free Life Community Church, our mission is very simple, uh, to make all nation, tribes, and tongues disciple of Jesus Christ. That's our mission, plain and simple. And that comes out of the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Uh, and so... Um, so that, that is what we're trying to do. And I think uh, most of churches or all churches or everybody, that's the mission that we're on. Um, and, you know, yes, you know, it, just love God, love people and all that stuff. But I think number one that Jesus commands us to do is go out uh, to all the nations and teach my commandments, which is loving people, which is being compassionate, which is taking care of the poor and the widows and all that great stuff. But I think number one is if we uh, deliver this message and walk with people that want to be disciples of Jesus, uh, that message of hope and love is part of that message. Um, and so I think number one is, can we follow God? And so I'm not trying to plead, I'm not trying to preach here, but 
Again, um, that is our mission and vision is how we're going to do it, right? And so, or what is it going to look like? And and this is where the, the the your gifts and talents of God has given you. So for some is being more missional, uh, and for some is maybe uh, financially, uh, right? That's your that's that's where your gifts are. Um, or some may be uh, for a homogenous group. Uh, some may be for a multi-ethnic, multicultural group. And that's our vision at Free Life Community Church, where we want to see all nations, all tribes, all tongues, uh, by by empowering the next generation, uh, that people come from ethnic communities, um, you know, worshiping together, uh, diverse um, with diverse community, whether that's diverse um, ethnically, racially, socioeconomically, generationally, and even language, right? And just allowing uh, the richness of the culture and the tradition that God has given us as gifts to, uh, this is a church word, edify or to lift up or to um, to build the, the community of Christ and just have open space to talk about these things in the dialogue and allow God to work. Uh, I think when you get a group of people from different backgrounds and, and ethnicities and they talk about how God has worked in their life, uh, you're going to see a lot of similarities because for me, pain is pain. Sorrow is sorrow. Uh, joy is joy. It comes in different forms, but that feeling and the conviction that you get uh, can be very similar. Uh, that's what I've experienced with my team as a diverse team as well. Um, and so I think I said it. Uh, you got to love people, uh, know your calling, mission, vision, and values. Um, and so, yeah, oh, values are what's important to you, right? Uh, so mission is what you're doing. Vision is how you're going to do it and what it's going to look like. And value is what are the building blocks or how are you going to do that? And so for us, it's obviously being intentional and being diverse. Uh, that starts from the top. That's I don't want to say the top, but that starts from leadership. Um, and uh, for us, biblical teaching, biblical truth is, is important or and allowing space to, to people figure it out. Because if you're leading a multi-ethnic church, if you're leading a multicultural church, Everybody has different backgrounds or interpretations of biblical truth. And so we want to see where the similarities are and also talk about where there can be differences in interpretation and how that lines us up with the body of Christ. And if it does differ, let's talk about it um, and just go from there. Sometimes our journey continues together and sometimes we just have to go our separate ways. And that's not a big that's not a big deal for us. We just have different callings. And so that's very important, interpreting and, and also being open to diff different types of Christian expressions that comes from culture and traditions, allowing us to uh, go back and forth and adopting new ones, letting go some of the unhealthy stuff and continuing to journey together. So that's our values. And so number two, again, knowing your calling as a church planter. Do you know for sure that you are called to be a church planter uh, you could be a pastor of a already you could reject you could uh, be a pastor that revitalizes churches you could be a more missional pastor whether that's urban or international um uh, but I think for this, uh, the, the, for this podcast, knowing your calling to be a pastor of a local church that serves the community, um, do you know that you're called for that? And so I think that's very important for us to know. Number three, family. I'm gonna let that simmer real quick. Family. Is it, is it marinating? One more time for you church planters out there that don't think that, that your spouse has anything to say or your kids have anything to say about this family. I think it's very important for us to know that God, when, when God brings people together, he wants us to become one, especially in marriage. 
And so in the Bible, it does talk about when two become one, they're one flesh, mind, body, spirit, and soul. Um, I think it's very important to know that if you think that you are called to church plant and you prayed about it, but your wife or your husband don't think so, don't move forward. Settle in that. Rest in that. Have some conversations about that. Because I think that, especially in my experience, what I've seen is too many church planters have just gone out with this fervor and passion. And I love it. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Um, and people that know me, I'm all passion, right? I might have to learn some systems, but I'm all passion. I, I love the body of Christ. But if your uh, spouse, the one that God has given you to become one flesh, to complete you, is incomplete in the thoughts of church planting, please, please sit on that and rest in that and allow the spirit to work, whether that's working you out of a calling that you think that is from God, but it's from yourself, or whether that's to, to kind of allow that person to, to not catch up, but to be affirmed in that calling, allowing the spirit to work so that both of you can become one and journey together. Um, and, and it's, and that's with your kids too. So, so we have to be humble when it comes to doing God's work, um, and ministry. Um, I have a wonderful partner, my wife, that she's actually more and more passionate and more, has more faith in this church planning than I do. I might have received the call, uh, but I think she is, has been faithfully more active than I have praying and fasting. Um, and so we, that's how we fit one another. And, uh, for you church planters out there, um, in the beginning, it's very important. Um, and if you're rocky about that and you're continuing to, to go uh, and build this church, I guarantee you later on, uh, your church can be, your church foundation will be rocky. Uh, and to confess, uh, maybe though there, there was some seasons in my parents' life. My, my grandma was a church planter. My dad was a church planter, but in my parents' life where they should have had some of those more of those conversations before they planted another house church. Um, and so, and so being uh, a church planter's kid, uh, I've seen the ups and that the good, bad and ugly and super ugly. Um, and so just know that family is important when it comes to being on this journey together, because at the end of the day, if we're going to talk about suffering, you might not, the, the one that uh, has the call of the passion might not suffer as much because maybe you've already waited for it. But the people that have no idea what's going on behind you and journeying with you, they're going to suffer the most. And you do not want anybody in the child of anybody in the body of, uh, of Christ suffering because you might have made a, uh, or you might miss, misread a call or misread a, a sign. Um, and so continue to pray and continue to fast, right? So it all, it all, it all comes down, right? Um, so number one was praying and fasting um, to know if you're called. And number two is knowing your calling, right? Knowing the discernment. Number three is allowing your calling to be agreed upon and to affirm. And not just your family either, but the people around you. There's going to be some haters. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I think the people that you call um, people that you trust and have faith in and you know their biblical background and their faithfulness in wisdom, um, um, is going to say, eh, maybe, or maybe not. And I would really, I, so my dad's one of those people that, that, that is for me, uh, for, uh, uh, I guess, uh, a benchmark of wisdom that, that I go back to every time to see if, if I'm on the right road and I go somewhere else, uh, for other things as well. So number three, family. 
Number four, this is a little bit more practical. Uh, I, I think the one, two, three was a little bit more like getting your soul right, getting your mind right, getting your body right. But number four is a little bit more practical. Take every meeting. Take every meeting, uh, take every connection, take every coffee, take every dinner, take every lunch, watch what you eat, but take it all. Um, I think because what I've learned in this past year and a half is obviously during the pandemic, I wasn't able to, uh, you know, be in large groups or have this huge call of recruitment, but every call I made or every zoom call that I was attending, I learned something. Every coffee uh, date I had, every lunch uh, date I had, every early morning breakfast um, date I had with a pastor or something, I learned something or something came out of it. God speaks to other people, my friends. You have to know that. He's not, God's not just going to give you everything, right? But God wants you to trust him and know that there are other people, there are other angels out there, there are other things out there working towards supporting, uh, not you necessarily, but the vision of God that's going to be, I guess, served through you. Uh, you will be the tool to help uh, build that kingdom. So take every meeting. Uh, I, I have stories after stories. I don't have time for this today, but I have stories after stories um, where I didn't want to take a meeting or I didn't want to meet this person. Or I thought that this was useless, but when I came out of it, either I learned something, I noticed something, I wondered about something, I experienced something. Uh, and for me, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to also confess, I don't really like listening to uh, other people talk. I don't. I don't even like listening to myself preach <laughs> at times. Um, I, I love reading the Bible and I love, you know, audio. I mean, that's how I read the Bible these days is audio. But um, but I think when I started listening to like podcasts or other resources, uh, out of maybe a 30 minute podcast, I would learn one thing. And that one thing uh, would help change or help build or help, uh, you know, correct some of the direction that I was taking, uh, even lunches, even everything that I did. Um, I think the, the, the beauty of, of going out there and being vulnerable and just, just uh, allowing God to lead is knowing sometimes and not knowing what's going to happen. Um, and crazy things happen. You know, uh, um, I was, I was in a place where, you know, I was kind of distraught about the whole church in general. Um, but then my buddy called me and says, Hey, I want to give you, uh, your church, um, uh, uh, love offering. And I was like, I did not know that was going to happen. It literally happened, uh, maybe a week ago. And so uh, take every meeting. Uh, I know it's going to take a lot of time out of you and maybe that you don't have it. But I, I guarantee you when you start taking uh, these connections and, and I, I see them as opportunities, whether I learn some, I see this opportunity, whether I like it or not, there's always something that comes out of it. So I try to take every opportunity and again. OK, last thing, last thing. This is very important, guys. This is this is the goal right here. This is the goal. Let go. Let go. If you've done everything that in your abilities that you think that is right under God's eyes, let it go then. Allow God to work. Allow God to use the process that you have learned to do what God does. Don't force anything. Um, cause I know I can confess to this and repent of this right now. I'm a guy, uh, that, that just, I have to make it happen. And maybe that's the Asian stubbornness in me or whatever, but I have to make it happen, um, uh, under my will. But obviously the pandemic and for a lot of preachers out there and a lot of church planners, the pandemic forced you to stop making things happen. 
or forced you to, to that you can't you can't even go outside and take a meeting. And so when I started, you know what, God, I can't do anything about it. I've done everything I could, right? There's a saying, uh, you do your best and God will do the rest. I really believe in that. I learned that when I was a kid. You do your best and God will do the rest. I don't know if that worked out really for school because uh, I thought I did my best, but I still failed it. And I know that God didn't want me to fail, so maybe I should have studied a little bit harder. Um, but uh, you do your best and God will do the rest. I think that's a simple um, saying that I've kind of uh, kept a little bit closer to my heart these days because you can't do everything. You ain't all that. I'm going to tell you, and, and this is not me just telling you, this is also telling myself, you can't do everything. You ain't all that. You're not that hot. Uh, you're not that special. Um, and so what you are is a servant of the Lord, um, trying to build a kingdom for people to know who he is. Um, I love, I think sometimes we kind of mistake why Jesus did miracles. Jesus did miracles to show the power of God. But a lot of the times, if you read it, especially like in the death of Lazarus, we see Jesus said, so that they can see the one who sent me. That's very important to me. Um, that everybody sees what I've done to know that God has done it. So by letting go of that, not owning anything, and I'm still working on it, not owning anything, allowing God to work is huge. Um, and so, so yeah, so let go, allow God to work. You've done it all. You've been faithful. Um, and if you have it, then you might want to do some more things. Um, let go. You hustled, you grinded and, 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 um, and yeah, so 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 just let go. Oh, I think that was the third thing from number two. Know your calling. You gotta love the body. You know the mission, vision, and values. And number three is you gotta learn. You gotta know, or you gotta just be naturally just hustling and grinding. Uh, I learned that from a pastor uh, that you know if you can hustle and grind, which in that sense means going out there, taking every meeting, um, you know, switching it up, adapting, um, and just just being able to be very vulnerable and still continue to 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 be passionate about the mission of God. That is important. And so my friends, those are the five things that I've learned. Number one, prayer and fasting. Number two, know your calling. Number three, family, the importance of family. Number four, take every meeting. And number five, letting go and God do the work. So again, thank you guys for stopping by for another episode of Planting Free Life. Watch out for the next episodes to come. Continue to pray for us. Love you guys. God bless.